This is the Frontier Freedom Hour, sponsored by Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. Here's Jeff Hunt. Hi, friends. Jeff Hunt here, talking with Debbie Wuthnow, president of iVoterGuide. It's election season, guys. If you want a good guide on everything from the presidential on down to local, go to iVoterGuide.com ivoterguide.com. So Debbie, you work to represent Christians in the public space, to educate Christians, to provide that type of guidance for them to make informed decisions. Give us some feedback on what you're seeing this election cycle among Christians. What are they really motivated for, by? What are going to be the, some of the primary issues we should look for? Maybe both in the primary, because there's still a primary going on, maybe <laughs> for a little bit longer well, there's a, uh, certainly beyond president there's still a primary <laughs> uh, that's right primary and then on to the general election with the presidents but what, what do you think christians really care about in this election cycle well my prayer is that they don't uh don't disengage that they they realize that they still need to be engaged even if they um don't like maybe a candidate at the top of the ticket that even if maybe uh so that there's other races that are on the ballot and I think the issues that I'm hearing more about just from um, from the circles and that, that we hear from is they want truth about the candidates because they don't really trust what candidates say. So they're very thankful. My favorite quote uh, when they learn about I voter guide is, where have you been all my life? Um, <laughs> but then the, the bigger issues and you've talked about them are what's going on with our kids and the indoctrination and the pornography in their library books and um, the the education that's happening uh, down at that level, which is why we've expanded into covering more school boards. We don't cover them all. Don't it, you know? We're covering thirteen thousand candidates this year, and there are tens of thousands of school board races. So we're starting to cover some and more, but it it won't be all of them. Just so you know, um, as we continue to expand in that area. So caring about what happens to their kids, which is uh, impacts your state legislatures as well. Uh, and it's safety to me. It's what's going on in our cities with uh, uh, the crime, the fentanyl. It's uh, the border and our security as a nation. Are we really a sovereign nation? Um, and then the economy. How is my pocketbook being impacted? So, you know, beyond the the issues that everybody cares about, Christians, I think, more are concerned with the uh, LGBT uh, activism that's going on and the boys and girls sports and things like that. So, uh and obviously life is a very strong Christian issue that I think will still be important. And we're seeing that in a bunch of ballot measures, which is a really, we haven't talked about that quite yet, but uh, getting good information about what the ballot measure really means is something I voter guide has stepped into as we've seen all the misinformation that goes out there about uh, those life ballot measures. And it's, we're not doing well on the life side with ballot measures, and there's going to be a bunch of them this year. So iVoterGuide will be covering all the life, election integrity, anything that impacts Christian issues. If there's a ballot measure on that, we will be providing uh, information and research on, you know, this is what the ballot says, but this is what it really means. And here, here's the money behind both sides, and here's who's advocating for both sides. So you can really see what's behind that measure and who's pushing it. The issue of life as it relates to ballot initiatives is fascinating. We just sent 40 students this past week to the National March for Life in Washington, D.C. Great experience. Obviously, top of mind there because uh, where either pro-life ballot initiatives have been on on the ballot or pro-choice initiatives have been on the ballot, they haven't turned out well for pro-life 
Christians in in this country. Um, Colorado's likely going to see an effort here to constitutionalize abortion in a way that will allow federal funding and state funding to go towards abortions. Um, And so that's the next step here in Colorado. We initially had a ballot initiative years ago in the 90s that prevented public funding for abortions. You know, abortion industry worked its way around, tried to find different ways in order to get public funding for that. But now they're just going to go all out with it. They think they have the wind at their back. And it hasn't worked out well for pro-life Christians when it comes to ballot initiatives. So we're coming up on an election season. Uh, Ohio was a heartbreaking loss uh, because Ohio went for Trump. It's gone for conservatives. And then it and then it kind of breaks and and goes towards abortion. Why do you think that's the case? Why do you think pro-life Christians are having a challenge right now with ballot initiatives? I think it's because of the messaging, and they're not really understanding all that's behind every word that's in that measure. And the, I will tell you, the left has done some good studies, and they've found a weakness in people's hearts, and they don't want to... I think one of their compelling messages is, don't tell somebody else what's right and wrong, is that don't take away somebody else's freedom and tell them that they can't have an abortion. And so then they're voting for the pro-choice position because they don't want to be judgmental and they're putting babies at risk up until birth really as what happened in Ohio and it's been a messaging and a uh, a hiding uh, of of what the really true uh, purpose and and impact really consequence of the wording that are in those uh, those uh, ballot measures and we've got to get smarter we've got to get more informed about what it really means and really think about the consequences down the road They've made abortion legal up till birth in Ohio. They they put on the constitutional amendment in Kentucky, and there's going to be it's going to be on the ballot. And I've heard as many as a dozen states yep. this fall. And the wind is on the back uh, of the pro pro choice movement. And we've got this is this is our season. We've got to stand up for life. I think it's going to be a long battle back. I think there's generally a culture since the '60s that has embraced the idea that abortion is a is a way out of an unplanned pregnancy and we haven't built the family so we've been you know sexually promiscuous in our lifestyle and the culture in this country and it's going to take maybe 50 or 60 years to turn this around uh, Yoram Hazoni wrote a book about conservatism or rediscovery and the, the idea that if we build healthy conservative families we end, we win in the long run because liberalism by itself, leftism by itself, doesn't reproduce. They don't right. build families. They, they actually, right. by definition, are killing their offspring. And, and so if you want to win, you win in the long run by building healthy conservative families. But it's going to be hard for the next few election cycles because uh, the left is scared that if you take away abortion— you take away their ability to live the life they want to live, which is being sexually promiscuous. Well, and that's why the conservatives believe in, in strong families and parental rights. Right. And, but we've seen, you know, maybe that's not even being taught from the, from the pulpit as much. There, we've seen a little uptick in um, the rates of, of getting married, but people are getting married later. And, you know, uh, it is, it's a cultural issue that will take a generation to, to redirect uh, but really, it's it's God who who will have to play a huge role, and He's capable. You know, He's 
he can he can do all things. I, I know he wants us to be giving glory to him in everything. And uh, this remnant that, that Christians have acting like they're a remnant. We're really more numerous than we think, but we need yeah. to get engaged. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. I've noticed with our uh, students at Colorado Christian University, most of the people that make up our pro-life club are women. They're young women. They've embraced the sanctity of life, and they've embraced the idea of being stay-at-home moms and raising and, their children. It's kind of unique and interesting. I've, I've talked about this on the show before. Uh, we have interns that work at the Centennial Institute, so I get a chance to help mentor them a little bit. I, I'm in the classroom as well at CCU. Uh, these young ladies have watched par- particularly kind of the feminist lifestyle, the idea I'm going to go, uh, and there's nothing wrong with pursuing a degree and, and then a career and all that stuff, but the idea that that's the ultimate goal uh, it seems to be rejected by this next generation of young women who go, man, I, I, I can be at home. I can pour my life into my children. I can raise them with the values that I believe in. And they're, and it's actually trending on, on Instagram now as trad wife. Have you seen that, Debbie, by any chance? Trad wife is the Tradition, new hashtag. Traditional wife? Yeah, the traditional, traditional wife. <laughs> yeah, Love it. That's well, right. I will tell you, I have a master's degree in computer science, but I spent 20 years as a, as a stay-at-home mom. So mm. the highest calling you can do is pouring into your children. It is the future of not just your family, but our nation. And I applaud those who do do such. Um, yeah, it, it was the hardest job, but the best job. My wife uh, has a law degree. She took about 10, 15 years off. She worked okay. on Capitol Hill. She worked in the White House as an intern under Karl Rove. Very driven. And uh, children changed her perspective. And then she spent about 10, 15 years just solely focused in on them. And then started to come back into it. And she works part-time now for Focus on the Family. She's a pro-life analyst and spokesperson there. But it was, uh, I think it's important, too, for women to understand that if you walk away uh, to invest in your family, it's not the end of your of your professional career. You're going to have new chapters as your children get later, older, later in life to where you can invest back into your career if you want to, right? There's just different chapters of your life. Directing you, because after my 20 years of stay-at-home mom, it was me looking at an empty nest and saying, God, what do you want me to do with the yeah. rest of my life? Never would I have predicted it would have been running something like I Voter Guide, because I am i was not in politics. I don't have a policy degree. Um, I, I'm just a voter, but I'm a Christian voter, and I, and I want to be a good steward of everything God gives me. So God's got a plan for you, but I will tell you, before you ask that question of what does he want you to do, buckle your seatbelt. You never know what he's got planned. <laughs> That's right. We're talking with Debbie Wooth now president of iVoter Guide. We're going to continue this conversation when we come back. It's an election year. I mean, every year is about an election year, but this year really is an election year. You're going to make decisions from the very top, who's going to run the executive branch of this nation, all the way down to local ballot initiatives. And you need a guide that can help you. And it's not a partisan guide. It's not paid for by a candidate or a political party. It's a nonpartisan, educated-oriented guide so you can use it in your churches to hand out there. And I sure hope you will. And you can hand it out to your neighbors as well. So go to iVoterGuide.com to get details on this. We'll continue this conversation. When we return, you're listening to the Frontier Freedom Hour, sponsored by the Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. We'll be right back. 